You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Wednesday, May 24th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we're talking about how massive sales power ships like never before. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. The Ocean Bird Wing 560 isn't a wing, but it isn't a sail either. When it's first assembled a few months from now in a shipyard just north of Malmö, Sweden, it'll be 40 meters high with a 560 square meter surface and will weigh around 200 metric tons. Its creators call it a wing sail, and they think it's the future of sea travel. It's more like an airplane wing that you put on top of a ship rather than a normal sail. That's why we call it a wing sail, says Niklas Dahl, managing director of Ocean Bird. The wing sail consists of two parts, a rigid main core and a flap that draws air into the core in a system inspired by high-performance racing yachts, which can travel faster than the speed of the wind. The core is made of steel, surrounded by glass fiber and recycled PET, and the whole thing can contract to less than half of its total length and tilt down to lie flat over the deck. This summer, its prototype will be tested on land, and next year it will be fitted to a 14-year-old cargo ship, the car carrier Wallenia Sterana. Making the sail work on a vessel that's already in service is critical for a company that wants to help decarbonize the shipping industry which is responsible for just under 3% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Building more fuel-efficient ships is the long-term mission, Dahl says, but if you really want to change the world, you need to address all the existing vessels. Retrofitting an existing vessel with a single wing sail can reduce fuel consumption by around 10%, Oceanbird says, but a ship entirely designed around these sails is far more efficient. The first one, the Orcel Wind, a car carrier with space for 7,000 vehicles and a length of over 200 meters, won't sail before 2026, but it will cut emissions by at least 60% over an equivalent vessel without a sail. The technology can achieve even more, up to 90%, if compromises are made in terms of routing and cruise speed, resulting in a longer travel time. International shipping carries around 90% of the world's trade goods. Its emissions are only going to rise as trade increases, but most large ships still rely on diesel engines, meaning that more trade translates to greater emissions. In 2018, the International Maritime Organization adopted a target to reduce total greenhouse gas emissions 50% by 2050 compared to 2008 levels. That's of course not enough by any measure to meet the temperature targets that are in the Paris Agreement, says Christian de Bucalaire, a lecturer in culture and climate at the University of Melbourne, and the author of Trade Winds, a book about the shipping industry's climate impact. The target is up for revision in July, and de Bocalera says lower emission fuels, such as methanol or ammonia, are available, but it's unlikely that their production can be scaled up quickly enough to meet the global demand, which means fuel consumption must be reduced. Wind, which has powered ships for thousands of years, can help. Among them is AI modeling that optimizes routing based on weather data, offsetting the wind's unpredictability. But a lot of the major trade routes that we use around the world still align quite well with the trade winds of yesteryear, de Bucalera says. The major trading connections and ports have been set up when we only used sails. That's where big cities and powerful economies developed. So to a great extent, those connections are still well served by winds. According to the IMO, there are seven categories of wind propulsion technologies, which can apply to virtually every type of ship. While Ocean Bird uses hard sails, There are also soft sails, resembling those most associated with classic sailboats, 
but with more advanced materials. For large ships, rotor sails, also called Flettner rotors after their inventor, will be a popular option. These are composite cylinders that rotate up to 300 times per second, generating thrust due to a pressure differential. The similar-looking suction wings or turbo sails developed by explorer Jacques Cousteau in the 1980s do not rotate, relying instead on internal fans that create a suction effect. There are also giant kites usually deployed about 200 meters above the ship and wind turbines, not too different from those used to generate electricity, but mounted on deck with the option of providing power or thrust. Finally, there is a hull form in which the entire ship is essentially designed as a large sail to capture the wind. About 25 large wind-powered cargo ships are already operating worldwide, with most of these technologies represented. The rotor sails have the most installations, one of the reasons being that they started to commercialize earlier than the other ones, says Gavin Allwright, Secretary General of the International Windship Association, a nonprofit organization founded in 2014 that promotes wind propulsion in commercial shipping. Back then, the whole policy framework of shipping revolved around fossil fuels. To get wind accepted and included into that is an ongoing challenge, but we're increasingly seeing that happen. By the end of this year, we should have 48, possibly 49, wind-powered vessels, bringing us up to possibly 3.5 million deadweight tons of shipping. That's a minuscule percentage of the world's global capacity of 2.2 billion deadweight metric tons, as wind technology is still expensive in this nascent phase. We're still in pretty early days, but for every doubling of installations, we will see a 10% reduction in costs, says Allwright. However, 2023 will likely get more like a 20 or 25% savings, because those early reductions in costs are the easy, low-hanging fruit. Among other factors that could accelerate uptake, Allwright says, are streamlining the certification process for new wind-powered ships, as well as possibly higher costs of fuel, which could be impacted by new carbon taxes like the one the European Union has agreed to introduce in 2024. Another key enabler would be the acceptance of slower shipping times. According to IMO estimates, simply adding wind propulsion to a single ship could lower emissions by more than 22%. However, extending trip duration by a fifth increases that to nearly 50%, and extending it by a half reduces emissions by 67%. A study at the University of Manchester similarly shows that cuts in emissions jump from 10% to 44% on a ship with rotor sails when speed is reduced and a flexible arrival time is allowed. According to Allwright, the time might be right for this kind of shift. The boardroom of shipping has gone through quite a transformation over the last few years. They get the climate issue, they get the problem of pollution and the need for change. But they also have to give value to their shareholders, and one of the big things with wind is that it's a free energy source, he adds. It's a propulsion system that will actually pay for itself, and it's the only one out there that's credible. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, Google will soon show you AI-generated ads. Checking in on Wired Science, New York City is sinking, and it's far from alone. And on Wired Security, there's finally a way to secure a crucial piece of the cloud. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from wired.com.